Welcome everybody, you're on Mind Your Biz. And we have Levi Lobo uh, that's allowing us to mind his biz. And he's got some really interesting, impactful, and diverse creative projects that we're gonna hear about today. So Levi, just let everybody know what you're doing, what's your mission, what's important right now for everyone to know about you. Yeah, definitely. Hey everybody, I'm Levi Lobo. Uh, I was born in the International District in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's a little uh, rougher area in the area, but we're, we're looking to transform that and kind of fix the narrative that's told. And so um, kind of the, the things that I believe in, the things that I focus on are um, primarily like, how can I personally change my narrative? And uh, how can that narrative change where I'll end up in life? So um, for me, that started with, uh, with making this album. Uh, and it started with making these films. And it started with, uh, I left, I, I moved out to California. I was 17. My dad just passed away and I was grieving. I was, I was, I was going through the, the, one of the hardest times of my life. And I didn't know uh, what to do, but I know that I wanted to make music and I knew that I wanted to make films. So I, I lived in a 68 VW bus in Albuquerque. Then I sold that because I was saving up to move to California. Then I bought a motorcycle and drove straight out to California, Los Angeles and, and lived there for four years. I worked at a film studio and uh, Fox studios. And then right when Disney was buying them out, I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay or if I wanted to go, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to make films. So I started developing films um, and left. And so there was a period where I left the studio and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know uh, who I was. I was telling myself this narrative that, that began with, uh, I was fatherless. I was a failed actor. I was uh, uh, hopeless. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going. And that's the kind of the things that I was, I was moving in my brain. Uh, and so it took, it took a good six months to a year of, of really digging deep. And I was actually homeless out in California during that time. Um, so I started my company and then I started living in my car again because I didn't know what to do. I just knew I wanted to tell these stories. And I was, it's, it's kind of this like birthing process and this like shift into this new way of thinking and a new way of living. It was hard. Like I've started plenty of companies and most of them have failed. <laughs> You know, but finally, it's like I, I had something and I realized that that companies survive only because the people have the desire to make them survive. It's nothing more simple than that. Like a company is going to fail because you stop believing in it. Most companies make uh, lose their money the first year. You know, they don't make money the first year. The second year, hopefully they make a profit. Third year after that, they're doing better and better and better. But most people don't make it through that first year. Um, and that first year brought me through hell. It brought me through uh this transformational time where I had to face these demons. I had to face why my, uh, why I had this victim mentality, why I would go into places feeling like I was a victim and why I couldn't be who I felt like I was called to be. Um, and it all kind of encapsulated in this one night when I was walking and I was, uh, I didn't have any place to go. I, was, I burnt my bridges with my friends and my family out there. And I was just walking. And I had my suit jacket because I because I would wear a suit when I went to the studio. Um, so I had I was in my like suit and I was walking down the road and I saw this tree and um, I didn't have anywhere to sleep and my car just got possessed by the city. So the city just took my car and um, I had my backpack with my computer, with my scripts, with my music, and I was just found a tree and I fell asleep under the tree and and that's kind of where the inception of help wanted 
began um, was this like pinnacle point where it's this turning point, you know? And then uh, that next morning, I, I actually was, uh, my dad was a pastor. So I grew up pastor's son. I grew up in the church, but uh, so I, I began to just ask God, like, where are you? <laughs> like, what, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm alone. I'm isolated. I'm away from everybody I love. Where are you? And, um, and I got this profound peace through that whole night where it, he's everywhere and he's all around us. And it was this like humbling, uh, like comfort, like even in the pain, even in the good, even in the bad, uh, that the universe, God, the creator is there. And, um, so I just began to trust that. And, and it was a weird feeling sleeping under this tree because I'm, I, I, I've slept under, uh, park benches and I've slept, you know, places and, and, um, but under this tree, it was, it was specifically weird because I remember laying there thinking how fragile I was and how the tree and the world was holding me. And, um, and it was really humbling. So I, uh, the next morning, the, this couple had their dogs and their dogs came up and were barking at me and, and, and came over and licked me. But, and they welcomed me in their house. And then I went through this redemption process where um, I, I put myself into a rehab home. I put myself in the hospital and I was really trying to figure out what was going on chemically, what was going on mentally. Um, and so I spent a month in, in those things. And that's really where the inception of the album began. Um, at least the inception to finish it because these songs that are in this album, I started when I was uh, 13 years old, you know, like almost home, which comes out on uh, that whole album comes out on the 23rd. Um, but Almost Home, which has been playing on the radio, uh, which is crazy to think that it's been on the radio. It's super cool and humbling. But um, that one, the, I wrote the first lyrics of that when I was 13. And then I finished it 13 years later. And it was just, uh, it was this uh, completion of this, of this journey, you know, this, uh, this going out and trying to become your own man and then realizing like there's no place like home and there's no place like family and there's no place like uh, – like that comfort and that, 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 that returning. So, um, so I finished that song and then I wrote a, another song that's on the album. Um, take a breath, uh, while I was in that group home, um, for that 30 days after the 30 days, coronavirus hit. And so I went back home and then I, and then I got connected with one of the uh, amazing producers in New Mexico named, uh, uh, Kenny Riley. He's, he's, he's a kick-ass dude. Super awesome. And um, he said, let's make an album. So, so we went in, jumped in the studio and started recording. And um, it's, it's humbling and it's exciting. And it's, uh, I feel very blessed and grateful to, to have this because it, it archives 10 years, 15, 13 years of my life from my, from my dad being alive to my dad passing away to us. When I was young, we were on this extreme makeover home edition thing. So like, talking about that and like all these crazy elements that have happened in my life um, and kind of like reflecting on those and bringing me back home. Um, it's been really cool. So. Wow. That's some journey struggling, living out of a car, basically. How are you able to put together music, film? How'd you, how'd you put this together? Yeah. So I, when I was at the studio, I learned um, that the main element that separates creatives from everyone else is just the persistence to believe that there's value in what they're making. So I, I started having value for my story. And that's really where that narrative shift started to change, where it was like, 
I may have felt those things. And I didn't know like the, the turning or the, the journey that, that humans go through. Like every human goes through these journeys, you know, uh, the, the dark night of the soul, this like this revelation. And, and um, I didn't, I didn't experience that. And I've had, and, and, and now I understand. Um, but, but the way I did it was I, I started writing scripts. Um, then I started calling uh, talent, calling producers, calling actors and, and just connecting the dots, you know? Um, Cause I, I, early on in my, my career entrepreneurial career, I got to work for a guy out in Vegas. That's uh, like MIT guy, really smart uh, millionaire guy. And um, he told me something really profound. He said, if you're able to have, have somebody who needs something and have somebody who has something, and then find a way to make them exchange, then you will be successful. So it's like finding like those middle grounds where I can say, okay, like I can create a story that's compelling because I know that it's changed my life. And I know that I'm not the only person that feels and thinks the way I think, um, but I can create a story that's compelling. And then I can connect it with people who understand the value. Um, something that we always talked about at the studio is, uh, um, uh, proposition, proposition value or like, um, like what value your idea will bring to the world as a whole, you know? Um, so I think that that's really what I focus on is like, what kind of stories, what kind of things bring, um, health and bring people together. And, um, I mean, I struggled with addiction, you know, and I struggled with homelessness and I've struggled with fatherlessness. And I know, uh, those are stories that I understand deeply. So I can tell that story because I get it. And so it's a privilege and responsibility to, to help tell those stories. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad you recognize the disconnect because a lot of creatives, they don't. And they have these great stories and great, you know, great artwork, whatever it may be, but they don't look for the other part which is the most crucial, which is finding the value in it and then finding the people that can appreciate the value in it. And yeah. without that, your story stays in your head. It stays on a dusty, yeah. you know, MP3. It stays to yeah. stagnate. So, um, you know, I'm, it's really nice to hear that you were able to put it together and it's never too late, whether you started this at 13 and you and you ended it now. Uh, it's a beautiful thing that you made it come to completion and now you can make that your mission is, is getting your story to everybody because everybody uh, needs stories to understand and relate to their own issues and their own problems. It's just, it's just way more comprehensive when they can hear how your journey went and it didn't end bad. You, you know, you, you went through some troubles but you turned it around and now it seems like you're on your way up. So it is important. Thanks. So I appreciate you for bringing your story to life uh, so you can help other people. Thanks, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's genuinely that narrative. I've been, I've been writing a, a Ted talk cause I want to, I want to do a Ted talk at some point, but the whole concept of that is like what the narrative we tell ourselves is, is we will fulfill that. So if I'm telling myself, those negative things and fatherlessness, I'm, I'm, I'm homeless, I'm hopeless, I, uh, I'm a failure. If I'm telling me those things, like, first of all, 
I'm not going to feel good about myself. Second of all, I'm not going to attract people that feel good about me, you know, but if I start telling myself that I'm, uh, I have value, um, my, my art can connect with people. And I start like restructuring that framework. It, it opens up the doors and it fixes these, like, uh, just it, and life is so much more fun, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, man, that's, that's, it's been a, it's been a good journey, but, uh, and I, I look forward to, to even more journeying. <laughs> How did you negotiate getting these projects done that clearly take money and if not money, takes resources. Did you have to negotiate maybe the ownership of some of these projects to get people on board? Because I don't think a lot of people realize you have to compromise yourself in order to get ahead. That's a really good question. Like one of the key elements I think in, at least in filmmaking, um, is knowing the creative value, you know? I think it was George Lucas who said this in an interview and I've had my fair share of interactions with executives, but he was saying, he's like, executives are not the smartest people. <laughs> and I don't agree with that. I think they're very smart. But uh, the sentiment that he was creating was basically like the creatives are responsible for, for making the thing. The executives, the money people are responsible for like putting the, the gas in it, but they go hand in hand, you know, like, like good art goes hand in hand with that. But a lot of the time, like I've worked with people, we just finished a documentary on, uh, the coronavirus and, and just working with different people on stuff, you, you can see the, the, um, the desire, sometimes the desire to control the idea can limit the, the, the potential to have it made, if that makes sense. Um, so like taking the approach where I'm like, Oh, my, uh, the meeting is okay. Uh, taking the approach where like, yeah, I have to give away, it's a trade. It's a mutual trade. And it hopefully it's beneficial for all parties. I have to give away some, some things that I care about. And if I didn't care about them, then I wouldn't be giving then then it wouldn't have value, you know? So like, um, typically in, if we're talking about like film finance structure, there's there, it's typically financers get about, uh, get 50% of the pie and then, uh, creatives get 50% of the pie, which includes like unions and all of those but even on top of that, there's, uh, you know, exhibitor cuts. So like, okay, you put it in the theaters, they're going to have to get their cut of what they're, they're putting in there, you know, or your uh, distributor cuts, like the people that got people to actually go to the theater. So, so in terms of film, that's, uh, and I mean, I think in the entertainment industry, it's kind of the same throughout the whole thing, but um, that's kind of where, uh, where, where it goes. So I guess, you had to give up a percentage to get the, the film made. And then there's other people you have to give percentages to. And I don't think enough people understand that you have to give up things to get it lit, to get the gas going. Like, what would the other person want? Like, I have the ideas, right? Like, and I'm asking somebody for money. What, what are they going to get in return if I'm just saying, no, just give me the money? Like, in what world is that exactly. a fair thing for anybody? <laughs> you know? Um, so everyone has to win. It has to be a win-win for everybody. And it's, uh, that's why like my whole philosophy has really evolved. It's like, I'm trying to build long-term relationships with business partners, with people who want to build long-term, build ideas that are, uh, that everyone's happy with, that are successful and beneficial, you know? So, um, that makes, I, I think it was a, I mean, Bezos is a controversial person, but I think 
regardless of that, he said something that was really clever. Uh, somebody was saying something like, do you feel bad about how much money you have or how much money you've made? And he says, no, I feel good about how much money I've made for other people. And I think that like, that's pretty cool. You know, like he's put himself in a position where people trust him enough to, to, to have his stock be, you know, like one of the most consistent stocks to, uh, and to even like help him raise the hundred thousand he had to initially start up or whatever the case is. So I think that there's like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of value in bringing other people value. And, and that's the hope, like the industry's small, uh, music industry, small film industry, small, you start, you start trying to screw people over. You're not, that's going to go around and it's not going to go well for you in the long term, and it's not going to go well for you in the short term. So and you have to give to get, I mean, people don't realize, you know, you had to give your story. You had to literally yeah. almost give it away in order to create a value for it to get to everybody. And that's what yeah. entrepreneurs like yourself have to acknowledge is you got to be willing to give. This isn't, you know, you can't take, take, take. No one's going to want to work with you. So you got to compromise yourself. You got to humble yourself. And if you have some quality, a service, a product, a creative work, you'll always get it back and then some. Yeah. And hopefully everyone's happy. <laughs> you know? So that's it. As long as you're touching people's lives and everyone feels like they were treated fairly, then it's a win. You know? And I think it can be. I think I don't like want to work with people that I don't trust or feel good about. Like we just had a meeting for Help Wanted right before, right before we jumped on here. And um, they were awesome. And I'm, I'm meeting with uh, this girl, Michael Salazar, who's like, a, she, she's a Native American from, from New Mexico. And she's, she just has this like kick-ass like honesty. And um, she's AD'd like a ton of films. And now she's moving into directing. And it's like working with her, it's like, I want her to succeed. And I'm okay with like losing points or losing ownership or losing whatever. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to like, like, I think that there's a fear that somebody's going to like steal your ideas or steal stuff, but it's like, there should be a gratefulness. I think more exciting things would be made if people trusted people and just like had the end product in mind and making the end product and having the best idea when not, not having some like, like dictatorship where it's like, oh, my idea has to go because I'm, I'm the head honcho. It's like, no, I think that that limits, uh, limits good ideas where it's like, I think, I think good ideas can come from anywhere, you know? So, um, but it's like, like meeting with her, it was like, it was exciting. And uh, that's when you're, when you're going like, I don't want to try to control everything. Cause if I try to control everything, then I'm losing the the, the breath, I'm losing the space in between, I'm losing the, this person's specialty, you know, like, or this person's instincts. And, um, and then the product is compromised, and then the people don't experience the, the genuineness in it. So, um, like, when we were recording the album, nowadays, when we were recording that, it's like, I was, I was trying to step back as much as I could, and like, allow everything to breathe, allow us to feel the room, allow us to not try to control everything sounding perfect or being perfect, you know, like, Oh, you came in a little bit too quick on the, uh, on the course. Right. So like, Oh, that's a part of it. That, that is because we're archiving history. Like we're archiving 
like those moments will never exist again, ever. And luckily we get to be in it and feel it and, and know what it was like. And uh, for me, that's the privilege. Like that's, and trying to control it, you lose that. So um, yeah, man. Collaboration sometimes. <laughs> I'm loving my life. It's just so much fun. No, it's great. You got to embrace the collaboration. Like you said, let it breathe. See what other undertones come in, that other perspectives that can see your story from the outside looking in and, and they can add to it, whether it's the creative aspect, the business aspect. People have to be more open to collaboration. They have to trust other people. It's hard, but really hard to do everything yourself and do it great. So it was good that you were able yeah. to open yourself up, make yourself vulnerable, be uncomfortable. And it paid off because now you have people around you that believe in you and your story and they're helping, you know, put some wheels on it, get it out there. So where can people hear your music? Where can they see your films? Yeah. So my music is, you can, it'll be on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, all of those platforms. It's the album's called Nowadays. You can, uh, go to my website, which is levilove.com. Uh, and then if you go there, you, there's links to those profiles. You can like pre-order it. It's on, on you can order it. Uh, it's not going to be live from my website. You can, you can access it. What's your website? Levilove.com. L-E-V-I-L-O-B-O.com. And um, from there, you can access that. Um, and that's actually, uh, the umbrella of that is ERA which is my production company where I'm working with these other producers and stuff on those films. So you can view uh, those materials um, on the, on, uh, on the, on the backside of that. You can just push on the home or on production and then it'll, and then it'll take you to some of those other films. But um, yeah. Uh, I also have a mailing list people can sign up for. I don't, I'm not really big on social media. I, I had a big social media like, like five years ago, but I, I shut it off and I've just been trying to like stay, you know, homegrown and more like low key. And, um, but I do mailing lists. So I try to like send out whenever like the film is released or when, like, if we like, like, uh, for the album or whatever it is, I'll always just send out updates to everyone that's on the mailing list. So that's a good way to stay in contact. Excellent. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to see some of your films. I already heard some of your music, really cool stuff. Very, you know, deep and, and acoustical. And um, I'm looking forward, like I said, to the films and hearing, you know, really seeing your story. And uh, I think you're a real inspiration to creatives and entrepreneurs. You stuck it out for over a decade uh, where most people just give up. Uh, you stuck to it and you did it for yourself and you did it for the world. So other people can relate and see that there is a way out of uh, dark holes in, in life. And uh, I think your story actually kept you going, you know, I think it kept you motivated to see it through. So I, I, you know, I appreciate creatives like you and entrepreneurs that don't give up like you. So uh, I wish you a, a whole lot of luck. I think you're going to touch people with, with your story. Awesome. Thank you so much. I, I feel blessed that people want to talk about it. So it feels cool. Thank, thank you. <laughs> hey, and thanks for letting us, Mind your biz.